Hello and welcome to NFL Only Better. It is here. It is the final week of the regular season before the season really kicks into life uh, and we get to the playoffs. I'm joined as usual by the dream team of Mike Carson and John Buff. Uh, say hello, Mike Carson. Hello, Mike Carson. Classic. Still dreaming just a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> All these early mornings, we love them. And John Buff, it's cold, John. It is. It's a bit chilly today, isn't it? But it's here cold. we are. Look, look at us staring down the window of week 17, the week 17 of an NFL season. This is week 18. Week, this is 18. Week 18. <laughs> 18 is just gone, I should say. See, we're that's, about to go that's boldly. That's how early in the morning it is. Yeah. We're about wow. to go boldly where no man has ever gone before. That's what I was saying, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking that as well. I was I had to double check to make sure yeah. it was week 18. But one extra podcast this season, so that's that's where we... That's I'll, give you, where we I'll give you four to one. You take 17, I'll take 18. I'll take four to one on anything, Mike. You know me. <laughs> Uh, look, we're going to concentrate today on uh, Chiefs at Broncos, Cowboys at Eagles, Colts at Jags, 49ers at Rams, Chargers at Raiders. There are the games and a couple of mention of some of the other ones we like. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, our best bets in a quick second, but we got we got a, a text in or a text. We got a, a tweet in. Um, and I like the question. Uh, and I posted to you guys on, on WhatsApp and you said it, both of you said it was pretty easy, but no, none of you actually said what the answer was. So I'm going to read out what the question was. Uh, would you rather have uh, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, or Dak Prescott as your starting QB for the next 10 years. Mike Harrison, who you well, got? I, yeah, you said the answer is obvious. It's Joe Burrow. He's he's younger. He's got the time in front of him. The next uh, four, uh, three years are still covered on his rookie contract. So you can do your negotiating um, a year early and keep him for that time. Um, Dak, Dak is, is sort of damaged goods. Um, but I mean, you, you wouldn't mind having him, but he's also carrying the biggest contract in the league. And, and Baker, I think has proven that the Browns were probably right in the sense of not extending his contract in year four to see what he would do, because he's proven that he's somewhere in the middle of the pack in terms of quarterbacking and, and not a $40 million a year quarterback, but you know, maybe a $20 million a year quarterback. If you, and if he were smart, I think he would stay with the Browns, um, you know, assuming they can, they can get everybody healthy next year and build because it's a good situation for him. John, I mean, one of your, your, your star players has been included in this. Are you going the Joe Burrow route? I mean, people, people who listen to the show regularly know I'm going to say Joe Burrow because yeah, I'm a big I'd, fan. I think it's Burrow hands down in, in this particular context. I completely, I, word for word, I agree with what Mike said. Uh, yeah, Burrow just being on the cheapest contract, arguably being the most talented of the three. I mean, it's between him and, and Dak just in pure talent-wise, but Burrow's playing a hell of a lot better at the moment and has been for quite some time too. Um, yeah, so with with him with on the rookie contract, the guy, the youngest guy of them all, he's the guy that you'd be looking at. And as well, I mean, you have to talk about how the, uh, you just have to admire how the Bengals have kind of structured their team around him a little bit. The kind of the the if you go back to last year's draft, the thing the question that everybody was talking about, hypothetically at least, was do they draft Jamar Chase, you know, his kind of LSU teammate and give him that connection, or do they kind of double down on the offensive line and get Pinay Sewell uh, at tackle with the idea of protecting Burrow? You know, you do remember that he got injured last season, probably because of some poor offensive line play. So, uh, but they went for Chase, and that has that decision has paid dividends so far this year. Um, so yeah, it's it's Joe, Joe Burrow all the way in this one. I'd be worried as well about Baker Mayfield. I think there's a there's a good scheme of thought going on at the moment. If if you look at the sort of the Cleveland beat writers, that he might have well have played his last game for the Browns. Uh, and if that's the case, you'd wonder where he where he ends up next year. 
Um, but yeah, if you're looking at the just the two first round picks in the last whatever it is, four seasons or so, I think it's Joe Burrow hands down for this particular question. One thing actually to note as well um, with the Jamar Chase uh, being drafted was uh, Bleacher Report. Um, uh, uh, the guy who covers the draft for Bleacher Report gave the Bengals an F for their drafting of Jamar <laughs> Chase. So we can all be wrong. Uh, all of you, uh, out of interest, by the way, all of you mentioned contracts. Uh, 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 John, I think you, your, your answer is going to be the same. Mike, would you take the contract situation out of it? I'd still take Joe Burrow. I'd it's still, still take Joe Burrow based, based on yeah. talent. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. Because it based can. on age and talent, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah he, could, he could he could well get better, you know. If the premise of the question is for the next ten years from now, like how how old is Burrow? Twenty four, I guess, twenty three, something 24? like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Baker's even Baker's twenty six. I don't know what Dak is. Dak's in his late twenties or something like that, anyway. But yeah, Burrow is the is the guy, I think. And then the follow-up to that would be if you were picking between Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Kirk Cousins. Ah, that was my question. That was your question, Mike. <laughs> I said I thought that was a little more interesting one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> simply simply because it raises it just raises a few questions. And and you know, I'm not I don't know if anyone wants to absorb Cousins contract, but mm. you know, contracts aside, he'd probably be the one you take, but Garoppolo, I, we all kind of assume is going to become a free agent. You know, they'll, they'll try to re- release him um, or get rid of him in, in some way. And, and there's going to be a lot of teams out there looking for quarterbacks, not least green Bay um, because, you know, after all the hubbub at the start of the season, um, we have to kind of assume that Aaron Rodgers will be gone from Green Bay. Now, whether that's to another team or to retirement, I don't know. But he, you know, he did change his contract so that he has the out next year to leave. I, I think I, th- I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is eyeing a move to Denver. Um, I do. But I think that's where he's most likely head. To be honest, um, Balf. Uh, give me, give me, give me, give me who you got between the three of those. A reminder, like Mike, just Kirk Cousins is thirty three. So like you're you you know he yeah. ain't. I mean, yeah. in terms of age, like he's got some, he's got some years left. I, would, I think we've personally seen the best. Yeah. Of anyway, you, I John, from ba- I'd take Jimmy G if you if you're. Would you really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I well, I, it's between Jimmy G and Baker for me. It, it, it's hard to know. Both you're, you're, not, you're, you're discussing this on WhatsApp last night. You don't seem to be a big Kirk Cousins fan at all, despite the fact that he's been pretty productive the last well for the majority of his career. Well, and what I will say about Baker Mayfield as well is that listen, I think he's um, he's he's talented for sure. He's frustratingly inconsistent, but I think the thing on him this year is that if you look how he finished last year from when he went from the second half of last season, he was legitimately playing, at least stats-wise, like a, a top five, top seven quarterback in the league. Everything, everything was working last year, and they finished an 11-5 team, mostly through Baker Mayfield's play, or a lot of it due to Baker Mayfield's play. But to evaluate him this year, um, when he's been so troubled by injuries by various injuries like obviously the the torn labrum in his left shoulder has really kind of hindered him a lot but it's also been stuff to do with knee his ankle all this sort of stuff has gone on wrong as well but at the same time the nfl is kind of this is a what have you done for me lately kind of league so he's been frankly terrible this year uh so i mean i think his ceiling if everything goes well for baker mayfield his ceiling is that he'll turn into someone like kirk cousins i think that's kind of the best case scenario for him so with this question, I would probably just go for Kirk Cousins, who is actually already Kirk Cousins, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, look, I, well, my thing, obviously, look, Kirk Cousins, I'm looking at stats here, 219 touchdowns, 90 interceptions, pass rating of 98.4. He's been a two-time Pro Bowler, uh, but who hasn't been if you play the game long enough to go to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> um, I, I just, when, when the question is now, 
have we seen the best of him? Have we seen the best of Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield? No, we have not. Have we seen the best of Kirk Cousins? We, we may have. We may have seen his, his ceiling. As you both just said, we don't know the ceilings of the other two players. Mayfield, John, you think might be a Kirk Cousins, but he might be better. He so, might be Drew Brees. Like he's got a, he's got. A, I mean, that's a, that's a very lofty thing to say, but he's right now. If you again, I, I'm kind of a stats guy. I kind of compare stuff on Wikipedia and and that, that sort of stuff. But he's pretty near identical to the Chargers era Drew Brees. So obviously something would have to change, and there'd have to be a big, big uptick for anything even remotely close to becoming Drew Brees to take shape. But I mean, the first stage of it is there, I suppose. Kevin James I, I, needs to take him under his wing. Yeah, I, I just look at him as being slow to pull the trigger, basically. And that's where most of his problems arise, whether he doesn't see it or whether he sees it, but he takes a second. It was There was a clip that I watched yesterday of him on a third and two, where he's got basically, if he releases the ball quickly, he's got his first read and his second read are both open. It's like this. You have, but if you don't do it quickly, Pittsburgh's all over them. He doesn't do it quickly. It was the play where he wound up getting sacked by his finger, by his toes, uh, by JJ Watt. You know, he had, there was no business being sacked on that play. The ball should have been out of his hand, but he stopped. He, he pumped, pumped, and then didn't throw. Yeah. And you just have to make those throws. He does that too often, basically. I think the defenses of the defensive backs, anyway, have started to figure out how Mayfield kind of works in that they're they're not really staying terribly close to the guy that they're marking if it's a man on man thing until he's about to let go of the ball and then they just step in front and intercept him it's 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 pretty straightforward like yeah okay um very quickly as well uh, washington on february 2nd will announce their new team it will not team name i should say it will not be called the wolves or the red wolves at the moment a short list is said to include commanders, defenders, Red Hogs, Armada, President's Brigade, and the status quo of Washington. Yeah, what people are team. doing is they're looking at copyright names, yeah. which and most of them mean that they won't do. <laughs> like Admirals has been copyrighted by somebody, no one knows who, but but mm. generally these are copyright vultures who are, you know, hoping they get what Admiral has to do with Washington. I have no idea. I believe Admirals is the first pick, though. That's you're right, Mike. I I they they, they I'd be surprised now if it wasn't Washington Admirals at this stage because they do seem to have picked that one. Well, and he now- wasn't an admiral. Washington's not a port a port city. Uh, there's no. <laughs> I, well, I, fail, I, I fail to see the connection. I like I like the DC Beltway Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> that seems unlikely. Uh, big story of the weekend, of course, was um, Antonio Brown. Um, Mike, I'll go to you. L- l- we're not going to talk about it much because it has no. If we were on video, my- I'd take my sh- my sweater off and, and stomp out of the studio. Uh, we could cut that up if you want. You are technically on video, um, but. Uh, uh, I, I guess as it relates to the the best way to, for us to describe it is as it relates to how um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go forward from now because they are down to 15-2 to two to win the Super Bowl. They're uh, four favourites. And in terms of the NFC Conference winner, uh, they're 7-2, to 13-8 now by the Green Bay Packers. So the market kind of responded to Antonio Brown leaving the team, shall we say, by saying it it, it hits Tampa Bay. You, you agree with that? Um, it hurts them a bit. Um, it, because they have so so many of the receivers are out. That that that's the thing, and and we've seen how Tom Brady Tom Brady is one of those guys um, who trusts receivers or he doesn't trust them. And and the most amazing thing about that game um, was that they came down and got the touchdown to win with with Brady hitting Cyril Grayson, um, Jr. 
<laughs> and if anyone in the old crowd knew who Cyril Grayson Jr. was before he made that catch, I'd, I'd be, be very surprised. But but he, he's a guy who was a sprinter at LSU, not a football player. Didn't didn't play football in college. Um, so so it's a good sign for them. I, I think that in terms of what it does for defenses, it makes it easier to concentrate because you take away Mike Evans and you you defend Gronk and you kind of dare Brady to beat you with Gronk and he can't do it um, basically because Gronk is a lumbering guy who's now, you know, last year he was fresh because he'd had a year off and this year he's starting to look again like the the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz and, you know, creaks to get going. And yeah, um, otherwise I, I don't know, you know, the stories with Brown that are coming out now, the, the various sides of the argument, whether he was injured or not, um, whether it was his ankle or not, you know, um, doing jumping jacks as you go off the field and bouncing around is not a great sign of an injured ankle, but, you know, but that that's neither here nor there. Um, but what I find most interesting is that having said at the press conference after the game that Antonio Brown is no longer a buck, uh, Bruce Arians said, said that they hadn't released <laughs> <laughs> until, I don't have they actually released him now is he I, I don't believe so they no, haven't no, yeah. no but Ian so, Rappaport says it, it said last night it, it will happen it will happen but what they're trying to do I think is two things is one is stop somebody else from picking him up and two is is trying to extricate themselves from his contract um in the most efficient efficient possible way they're probably talking about the league I'm into putting him into some kind of suspended mm. animation um Will he play another snap in the NFL? I would never write it out. Talent, they they cut you an awful lot of slack with talent. Now, once mm. you do something on the field, you know, then it's harder. They don't care in, in the end about off-field, especially yeah. if it's not on video. Um, your talent will always get you another chance. Look at Josh um, Gordon. Yeah. How many chances they, did he get? Well, yeah, yeah, and Josh good. Gordon, you know, it's slightly different, but they're both troubled people. Um, Antonio Brown's troubles, you know, Gordon's, we know what, what they are. Antonio Brown's face a pattern where he, he just, he charms people into his world and then takes advantage of them. Um, you know, and, or when, when the responsibility comes for him to give back, like paying bills just on the base, most basic level, he, he refuses to do it. Uh, and then he gets angry when people challenge him, you know, it's, it's a bad, a bad, um, a bad personality trait. Yeah, and it's bad, obviously, as we mentioned, for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, of course, are missing Chris Godwin as well for the rest of the season. Uh, Antonio Brown claimed that afterwards that it was uh, much to do with his ankle, but but then kind of yesterday there was, uh, I believe, an Instagram post going on about contract. Um, and it should be noted that he was eight catches away from unlocking $333,000. He only needed 55 more yards to unlock another 333000 And he also needed just one receiving touchdown to unlock another 333000 So basically, if he got, if between this game and the game coming up, he'd got eight catches for 55 yards and a touchdown, he would have got himself a million dollars extra. So I, w- I, I would guess that a lot of that was going through his mind because it According to Ian Rapport on NFL Network, it started in the dressing room at halftime, him mentioning he wasn't in the game, which uh, we may come to see that it was mainly about those eight catches, that 55 yards and that one TD he needed, which why you would take yourself out of a game when you need all that is a very, very interesting ploy. But uh, yeah, the million dollar outbursts uh, to the games, to not to the games, to last week's very quickly uh, best bets. A good week for John Baff. I went for Dallas. They finally 
uh, were caught out really by the Arizona Cardinals who needed to win a lot more. And I think it showed. And again, that's maybe what you should think about coming into week 18. Cardinals really needed the win. Dallas were, you know, they're pretty much set up now. And it showed, I think, at times, especially with their offense. Uh, so mine was a loser. Uh, John Balf, by the skin of his teeth, Falcons plus 14 and a half. <laughs> it was beautiful. It you remember, John, John nipped me to that one. He got, he got his revenge on that. Yeah, you win but some, I, but I, did, some. I did tip it in my column uh, in in uh, in uh, props to John. Um, and, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful when you've got a 14 and a half spread and they, and they beat it. Um, by five by 0.5 uh, the same the same was true if, if you took the over under in that game at 44 it was a it was a push um so, so that was one that they had pretty much in line so in my fit of peak after john took that i took i made the mistake of taking houston and i actually thought houston yes loser in, into the fourth quarter i thought i was gonna they were gonna cover 12 and a half but i probably should have taken the patriots giving 16 and a half but it never occurred to me they'd decide to score 50 points again yeah, uh, and, and one thing with the Falcons that should be mentioned, obviously, as well, is that it really deserved to win. Deserve to win is a very strong word, especially when you're punting. But um, it did seem like um, Matt Ryan had a TD call back, um, and then he was called for taunting. Uh, it was the other way. It was actually the other way around. He was called for taunting first, and then when they reviewed the TV, the the touchdown, the they took away the, they took it away. And for the life of me, I never saw the replay. Um, it looked to me like he fell down and then just got up and went in. He didn't look to me like he was touched by anybody before he fell down. It was kind of like that Jesse James play uh, for Pittsburgh a few years ago. I couldn't see why the touchdown was taken away. Yes, uh, I, I agree. I, 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 sorry. I actually, again, they didn't show a replay, but on the red zone, I kind of thought that they said that when he slid, because you know, the way the he didn't slide, it's different. He wasn't sliding. He went down he sliding facing forward. Oh. He wasn't sliding. No, he was just running. Oh, well, I, 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 the taunting was pretty. I mean, Matt Ryan's taunting. I, From watching the guy for years in the NFL, I doubt his taunting is too severe uh, for anyone. Yeah. I think I, I can lip read pretty well on these. And I think what he said was, excuse me, but you were absolutely wrong <laughs> to say what you said, said about me. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Uh, yeah. Oh, gee golly, I scored a touchdown. Uh, Saturday night. Yes, week 18 has Saturday night games. We're going to be heading into wildcard weekend, etc. So we're going to have some Saturdays and some Sundays. We love it. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. One to five, KC. Denver Broncos, seven to two. Ten points is the spread. Over, under is 44. Week 18, as I always say uh, to people, um, week 18, well, I don't say Have you ever week said 18 has never before. existed. <laughs> the final week of the regular season and the first week of the regular season are dodgy times to be punting on teams. However, there's one thing you should always look for. You look for the team that has something to play for, and you look for the teams that have nothing to play for. The nothing to play for ones can be dangerous because they start emptying their playbook because their coaches are like, let's show them something cool so they remember in the morning when I'm going to be sacked that I did this. However, you have to bow look at KC and know that they are not top of the AFC at the moment. So they will want to really put the petrol Put the petrol, put the pedal to the metal, Mike Carson, on this one. Uh, the petrol will, in the- <laughs> will they win by 10 more, though? What do you think? Um, Den- in Denver is always tough. The Broncos don't have anything to play for except maybe Vic Fangio's job. Fangio, interestingly, during the week said that they were you know, at the hump and they really just needed a quarterback. Um, 
more or less is what he said, uh, to get over that hump, which would fit in with their getting Aaron Rodgers next year, um, as you were suggesting. Telling you, it's happening. Um, check the weather in Denver as well. Oh, God. John's because whole this, thing's just been ruled out. John, yeah, I know John's <laughs> probably already done it. So we, we can we can um, we can do that. I think. I think because the Chiefs chance of getting the top seed depends on Houston's beating Tennessee. That seems to me like a long shot unless Tennessee decides to rest, which I doubt they would do. Um, therefore, I'm not sure ten, that Kansas City is going to have their full you know they're gonna they're gonna play it to win obviously denver 10 10 is probably more i'd, I'd probably take denver with the 10 okay that's interesting uh because i've been denver have been in the late games a lot recently in the 925 ones so we see a lot of them in red zone and they look a bit blunted to be honest um john baff how do you see this one going yeah i think yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of sort of echo what Mike was saying there. Not so much about the weather, but again, that is sort of my trademark, so I'll throw it in there. I trademark John. I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> but um, yeah, in this particular game, yeah, you, you've both kind of set the table pretty well on this, I think. But uh, in terms of teams with something to play for, teams with nothing to play for, in a way that neither of these teams have very much to... Well, I suppose they do. It's a football game. And there's, you know, seedings and stuff to, to be playing for here as well. But I do think... I kind of agree with you a little bit, Kieran. I think that Denver have been, you know, they're struggling to put points on the board, and particularly, you know, they're they're welcoming the Chiefs to their to their stadium this weekend. So, you know, you could see a little bit of resistance there. But I think the smart money should be on the Chiefs with the points in this particular one. They've just they really seem to have got the offense ticking. I liked how they played against the Chargers recently enough as well. So, I, I think the Chiefs with the points is where to go in this one. My question is really what happened to the Chiefs in the second half against um, Cincinnati. And I know part of it's down to their O-line and Denver's pretty well built to take advantage of that. You know, the first half Chiefs were going to run away with that game. And, and you know, I would have I would have taken, I'll, I'll take them with 15 or 14 against Denver. Um, the second half Chiefs, I don't know. Mm. You know, it, it, they're really a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team. What did and, we think? In fairness, in fairness, I, I think their defense was stretched a bit by Jamar Chase, and more than a bit. <laughs> the, officials, yeah. the officials were giving Cincinnati the benefit of every doubt possible um, in that in that second half. So you know, there's that to figure as well. What did we think of Cincinnati Bengals play calling at the end of the game down in the red zone when they went constantly went for it and bar a penalty would have actually given the ball back to KC with with a level. Ah, there, there's the real, <laughs> there's the real benefit of the doubt. How that was not called, I have no idea. I mean, mm. everybody in in the stadium, everybody on TV saw they were offside, except for the seven officials, <laughs> and that that to me is extremely suspicious. <laughs> suspicious? Oh God, we all go down that road. Well, it was an interest. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Bengals played loose. Uh, with those play calls and they should have been caught and they had a penalty given to them, which also, if they hadn't been given, wouldn't give them the ball back to KC. And they almost injured their star quarterback who won the plays as well. So um, a risky, risky game. Uh, okay, we'll move on uh, to Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to quickly mention that it's on at uh, quarter past one in the morning on Saturday night, uh, three to 10 about Dallas Cowboys, five to two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's seven point spread. 42.5 is the over under. Uh, on this one, guys, 
Um, what do we think about the Cowboys, how they played last week? What, was it just a case of we're, Mike, we're, we're in the playoffs, we're fine? We, or, or was it something a little bit more worrying about their offense? An offense that's that loaded, you know, ought to be better. Now, Michael Gallup's out for the season. Um, so that takes away one of their, their big three receivers. But, but Wilson played really well for them. Um, you know, and, and um, sometimes it's the guys who aren't your big names. Uh, they're, they're very, <clears throat> they're very inconsistent. Um, their O-line doesn't play up to its, its book talent. Um, I don't think that their rest of their skill possess players do as well. Um, and, uh, but they ran into a very good Arizona team um, or a team, you know, Isaiah Simmons had, an incredible game for them. I thought he was the difference in the game um, and, and forcing the fumble on Dak Prescott was probably the play of the game. In this game, they, there actually isn't much to play for, to be fair, because yeah, Dallas both, is chance, both teams are in, aren't they? Yeah, both teams are in. Dallas's chance of moving up are, are negligible. I don't think Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia is locked in to the seventh, sixth or seventh seed. Um, seven no better. And so, you know, uh, the Eagles are getting seven at home. The Eagles. Is I this think, a game? Sorry, Mike, but is this a game that you need to watch out who's actually going to play? Yeah, um, and I doubt anyone will tell you that. You know, they're, <laughs> they're everybody's saying they're going to play their their starters, and they probably will, and then take them out yeah. uh, rather than risk injury. The biggest difference per, with previous years is that there's only two teams with the bye, so everyone else is going to be playing. Who's in the playoffs is going to be playing next week. Um, which means that they will want to rest guys if they can. Um, and so that's what, that's what I would think there would be a lot of teams not worrying about what happens in this game. The Eagle, the Dallas defense is pretty well, is pretty well equipped to handle the Eagles passing game. So the Eagles have to run the ball a lot. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking about the under here at four at 44 or sorry no it's 42.5 if it was at 44 i would take the under at 42.5 i might hesitate um but but before this, taking it yeah this has the feel <laughs> to me of an under game john same yeah i've got the under in this one too uh i can't elaborate much more than what mike said but the uh i kind of kept uh just looking around last night i looked at some of the stuff that the press were saying the local press for each team and apparently the word is that Mike McCarthy has told the press, and obviously take all of these things with a pinch of salt, but Mike McCarthy has told the press that he wants to kind of keep his starters in the game to generate a sense of momentum. Perhaps that's a reaction to the loss to Arizona in some way, shape or form. Though uh, Nick Sirianni, on the other hand, has said that he may rest players. So I wonder how much of an impact that might have on the scoreboard. Um, but I think the easiest thing, this is a big red flag game, of course, as, as any game would be where there's not you know, a huge amount on the line. But I think, yeah, the under 42 and a half in this one is probably your best bet, particularly if there's going to be some weakened, uh, you know, lineups going in there in the second half or in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wait and see on that one. All right. Um, so we move on to Sunday's games um, and uh, a really interesting one. So Indianapolis Colts take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, it's interesting. Hold on there now. Stick with me, people. It's one to 10 <laughs> about the Colts. The Jags are are six to one. Fifteen point five is a handicap, and 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 look, you can argue about why certain teams aren't being shown. Why Steelers Ravens not on? I would have thought the sky was shown the Titans, but anyway, but anyway, here's what I want to read to you both. Both right. So the Colts play the Jags. Okay, the Chargers play the Raiders later that night. The winner of the game goes to the playoffs, and the loser gets eliminated. However, if the Jags beat the Colts, then the Chargers and Raiders could then both get into the playoffs 
with a tie, meaning on Sunday night, both teams could simply agree to end their game in a tie and both would automatically make the playoffs. Now, it's Mike Austria, Carlson, it's Austria, Austria, Germany in the, in the world yeah, cup qualifiers many years ago. <laughs> it was a great story. Memory. Yeah. John and I are, are both Irish. It's a great story of Ireland at uh, Italian 90. They, Niall Quinn scored with, I'd say about 15 minutes left to go. Wasn't it John? When Niall Quinn scored against Holland against the Dutch, yeah. against the Dutch. And supposedly Mick McCarthy on the walk back to the halfway line said to Ruth Hullett, you know, a draw gets us both through. Um, and uh, they had a gentleman's agreement, and there was not a single shot on target for the closing 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. That is in, uh, that's a story <laughs> Mick McCarthy tells. So maybe maybe Mick McCarthy and Nick Sirianni will make a deal like that. Yeah, Mick McCarthy However, and Mike McCarthy maybe. We've never <laughs> seen. I mean, uh, uh, it would be amazing if they just knelt down for, for an hour. <laughs> I would. <laughs> wow, chef's kiss on that bad boy. <laughs> They just we're, 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 we're sending this needle down to New York for review. <laughs> I would, I, I would like, please do it. Um, it seems unlikely, but that that, that is the the Karis, uh, that the Jags they could they could cause a real upset here. Uh, they won't. Uh, so how do we see this one going? Uh, and Mike, I know it, it's I don't know why Sky picked this game, but they did. So you well, you I mean, the choices it. are relatively limited. Um, the most interesting game probably is Pittsburgh Baltimore because um, the Steelers do have a, a shot at getting into the playoffs. So um, of Baltimore, I think they win. Technically, yeah. yeah, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh's is a little easier because of that tie. You know, they're eight, seven and one. So if mm. they win, they go to nine, seven and one, which puts them ahead of all the nine and eight teams. Um, so that, that's an interest. That, um, that's, that's the most interesting one. Houston, Tennessee is the one that, I keep comparing this one to the Jags. They were 16 and a half dogs on the road last week. They lost by 40 uh, to new England who were not, you know, who were probably at the same level of team kind of as Indianapolis. Um, um, Mike, just to be clear, we can't criticize the Patriots. We get a lot of flack when we've criticized Patriots. So if you could just move that on quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our um, listeners don't like it. Yeah, it's funny. Mac Jones probably played his best game of the season and, and got eliminated from the offensive player rookie of the year <laughs> by, <laughs> award by, by, um, by Jamar Chase, whose game was on most of the country's television sets, not the Patriots Jags game. Um, I, I, I look at this one and, and think, 15-5, I'd almost, I'd almost take the Colts giving 15-5 because um, Jacksonville's so bad. Uh, and the, uh, I, think, I think you can also think about the over here of 44, and I think that may be, again, safer. Um, you notice, too, if you look down the whole line of over-unders, they're all low this week. Mm. Um, everybody's thinking in terms of, of games that don't, that don't really explode at you. Um, is that is that over under with the the context of the Colts putting most of those points on the board? Yeah, probably, probably. But they'll, I, you know, they'll control the game if they get a lead, and they're more they're likely to get a lead. Um, but they can put pressure on Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence hasn't reacted well to that because um, their offensive line is a mess. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking, and and I'm not trying to double down on a bad bet last week, but Houston getting ten and a half against Tennessee might be a better bet than anything in this in this game uh they beat tennessee the first time they played um they're not a very you know 
top flight team offensively and the Titans have done a fantastic job to get where they are without Derrick Henry. Uh, but I think this one could be one of those dirty kind of, you know, winning, winning dirty kind of games that, that Houston might be able to hang in to hang in with them uh, to the tune of 10 points. Okay, excellent. John, I'm not going to go to you for that because um, I'm moving on because they're terrible well, just, For the record, I agree with <laughs> on both of those picks, actually. I like Houston <laughs> with the points as well. <laughs> um, and we'll go to the, to the later games because there are some good games in the late window if you're tuning in the red zone. Pats at Dolphins, we know what can happen there. Um, Jets at Bills, Panthers at Bucks, Saints at Falcons, Seahawks at Cardinals, 49ers at the LA Rams. That's the late slate of games, uh, which is a pretty good, pretty good late red zone, I would say. So we'll concentrate first on the San Francisco 49ers at the LA Rams. It's a game with the most at stake. Eight to five uh, by the San Francisco 49ers. Rams are one to two. Four points is the spread. The Rams are the current favorite. 44.5 is the over-under. And the game with a lot riding on it. Uh, Mike Carson, San Francisco 49ers heads the LA Rams. How do you see it going? The wild card here is Trey Lance, basically. Um, you know, how much did he show you last week? Um, much better in the second half than in the first half, which is not surprising because he barely played all, all season long. Um, but with a backup quarterback in, if Jimmy G was playing, and I'm not, a, you know, I'm not trying to, I, I would be, I would think that the, the Niners plus four might be a decent bet. Um, with Lance, I'm not, I'm not as sure. So I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty much going with the Rams here. Uh, Matt Stafford is, I know he's one of your boy crushes, but um, he's been remarkably inconsistent the last couple of weeks. You're um, remarkably inconsistent. Made, made some, made some really bad throws, um, bad decisions, uh, but they've got what they've gotten away with it. Uh, and they remain they remain, they, they run the ball much better and they're going with the run. And I, and I, I think that that's been a good choice by Sean McVay, but they still remain really dependent on Cooper cup. Um, and so I think the Niners might be able to take him out or take him, control him a bit, a bit more in the game. But I think the Ram, I think the Rams can, can cover four in this. Yeah. I, I have to say the LA Rams are at home. Um, they've played remarkably well. For the majority of the season, they've played played pretty well. They've got one of the hottest wide receivers. They've got a, a very good quarterback or good quarterback, depending on, on, on where you stand. A great coach. Um, four points on, on paper seems, you know, very, very tempting, John Baff, to me. It does, yeah. I think I agree with Mike. And I think that the, the Rams offense has been, you know, despite the fact that they've got by far the best receiver in the league this year in Cooper Cup, I still think that the, the Rams offense has been struggling a little bit over the course of the last, I don't know, whatever it is, three weeks, three, four weeks, something like that. Um, like they would have, they, I mean, they would have lost to Baltimore had the Ravens not been severely diminished and obviously playing quite poorly lately too as well, the Ravens. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of this will come down to, as Mike said, the quarterback situation, but I don't think it's a lost cause entirely if Trey Lance plays. Um, but then again, it, that does just throw a little bit more uncertainty into the mix. But I mean, just in terms of how these two teams are playing, you know, the Rams are, what do the Rams have at stake here? Playoff seating and the 49ers are looking to sort of cement their, their slot in the postseason as well. So I, I think, don't be surprised if the 49ers don't just cover the four points here, but uh, you know, I, I think that they can, they can win this, you know, with more than four points, quite frankly, I, I just, this has one of those games that sticks out to me as being a little bit of a surprise. And I think it could be in, in San Francisco's favor, even if Trey Lance gets the start. 
I have to say that's a very persuasive argument. I'm, I'm, uh, by by Friday, I will probably have flip flopped on this. <laughs> um, when when I write my column at Betfair, um, just to give it a plug right now. Last week I did an extra pick. Um, I go through every game, but I pick three uh, uh, best bet, value bet, outside bet. I picked an extra value bet and three of the four came in. So, um, you know, it's unlike my unlike my dismal failures here on Wednesday. By Friday, <laughs> I seem to be thinking a bit better. <laughs> uh, before we cover the last game, uh, which is probably the biggest one of the week, uh, a reminder, a couple of offers on the sports book, bet £20 of multiple, multiples, excuse me, bet £20 worth of multiples for bet builders in the NFL and get a £5 free bet. And uh, that might be a little bit, little bit more more generous come the weekend i've just look look just no i've got a bit of an inside line here but uh bet 20 pound worth of multiples bet builders on the nfl and you'll get an x amount free bet shall we say them just by the time it comes to friday just have a little look at the sports book and i'm telling you you're going to be very very happy that you did la uh chargers take on the las vegas raiders six to ten about the chargers 11 to eight las vegas raiders three points to the spread 49.5 is uh, the over-under, so this will be the high-scoring game of the weekend, according uh, to us. Um, I'll go to you, Mike, On uh, first on this one. Uh, charges at Raiders. I have read this is Derek Carr's last stand. Surely not. Derek Carr has been, what, a, a question mark for his almost his whole career with the Raiders. <laughs> he's, he's always done well, but never quite well enough. Um, you know, the more John Gruden would say he's my guy, the more you would be convinced he definitely wanted to get rid of him, which, which was a Gruden trademark because he always loved the guy that he used to have or the guy that he wanted to get, but never the guy that he actually had um, because for him not to succeed would be would be perceived as Gruden's fault should I um, should, should you remind Raiders fans that before Derek Carr was their QB they went through years of not getting no, the playoffs absolutely. and he I, got them into the playoffs absolutely I was just about to say that but I'm, I'm not convinced that he's the guy to carry them forward I'm not I'm not convinced they know what to do with him in in terms of of how the offense should look around him and you know I they on they should be a better team than they are but defensively they're kind of a mess they keep building up kind of at the wrong positions and um, offensively their lines, their line was very good three years ago and they got rid of most of the guys, excuse me, most of the guys for, I think for financial reasons um, more, more than anything else. Um, you know, a team where Hunter Renfrew is basically the number one receiver. Uh, he's not Cooper cup. He's, he's very useful. He's a, a good slot receiver. He's a, you know, um, he got open for a great touchdown that was called back in the um, in the game uh, last week. But, you know, if they can run the ball on the Chargers, which everyone usually can, they ought to be able to win this game. Uh, the, but the Chargers are they're a funny team defensively because they can, they don't seem to be able to stop anyone. But they've got a couple of playmakers who do come up with big plays at times and and so then the question is can they stop justin a bear and um <laughs> you know keenan keenan allen and um and mike williams and um or is mike williams is he actually healthy enough uh, right now but sure. but you know that that's the story i mean the raiders the raiders should should take this at home and they're getting three points so it's it, it's very tempting but i'm looking i'm actually looking at an upset here i think with, with the chargers well, well, hold on, no, because the Chargers are favored six to ten. Raiders are eleven to eight. 
So yeah, I put that wrong. Um, but, but you believe I'm, the charge will win. I'm looking at the charges, even giving the three points. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, no, no. That's that. that that's all okay. I, I, and I think yeah. I, before John, I'm with with Derek Carroll, I'm a big fan of Derek Carroll, and I do think right now when he, when he snaps a ball or when he gets the ball and he looks up, he hasn't got much to throw to. The year that they got the playoffs, Mary Cooper, etc., was it was in the core of players that they have. I don't think they've. You you got to fill the team with people. You know. That you, do, Jeremy, you do have to put people in the team. Well, I'm thinking of the famous. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm thinking of the famous Giselle quote uh, that he can't throw and catch the ball, um, and she was right, <laughs> and she has remained right in her prophecy of what. Let's get her on the podcast next week. Uh, she asked for too much, John. How do you see this one going? Um, I think an interesting wrinkle into this one is that uh, in these ga- in games between the Raiders or the Chargers and the Raiders. The visiting team has gone 10 and 4 against the spread historically over the course of the last, well, 14 games. Um, so I wonder if that'll happen again. I think with Mike, though, I think the, um, the, I, I fancy the Chargers to come out on top in this one, but the Raiders do have an awful lot to play for. And you'll have to see, you know, you'll get a pretty good idea by the end of the first quarter of what, how this game is, is going to transpire. Like, I think it's even quite remarkable that this Raiders team is in the position to be, you know, uh, you know, a win away from guaranteeing a playoff spot, given, you know, the coaching situation, given the just numerous off the field issues, the Henry Ruggs situation as well, that kind of, that threatened to be something that would just take the season apart and just, you know, completely remove all sense of unity and team spirit from there. But they seem to have, uh, to their, to their credit, they seem to have rallied pretty well and got themselves into this position. But I just wonder, you know, as, as my, I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he's sort of, He's still, I think I said this earlier in the season, but I think he's he's kind of walking that line of potentially turning into a Josh Allen type. I just think they're very, very similar players. And he seems to be, you know, kind of where, where Josh Allen was before Allen had his sort of breakout. Um, so I wonder if this is one of those games where he starts to kind of, you know, throw down the uh, the gauntlet and, and kind of show how he can sort of take a team, take a team by the scruff of the neck and just drag them into the playoffs, uh, into a successful playoff run, I should say. Um, so I think this game, though, given that I just think the Chargers are one of the teams that have a great ability to put, to put points on the board, I also think that the Raiders are going to put up some fierce resistance in this and do the same themselves. I think this has the, uh, the I mean, it's reflected in the, the over-under in this one. It looks like it's going to be a shootout, and I think it's actually going to hit the over 49 and a half, which is, a, that's a lofty one. I think that's, you said, Kieran, that's the highest one this week, but I think it might be broken. I might so, look at the first half under in this game. Um because I, I kind of agree with two John teams that the, two teams afraid to lose kind of thing. Yeah, that the team that the I kind of agree with John that there could be a lot of points there, but I, I kind of get the feeling that until the game gets into that kind of breakdown stage where all of a sudden everybody's really really trying to you know catch up, that uh, the first half under might might be a, a decent bet here. I I think Abear is in danger of being the next Joe Burrow in the sense that like Burrow, he needs to get some offensive linemen in front of him. Um, they're really, he, they're really taking chances by, you know, or just draft his college receiver to him. Like yeah. That. Well, that might work as well. <laughs> I don't think it he seems to work. I don't think he had a guy like Jamar. No one has a guy like Jamar yeah. Chase. I was saying that last, last week's game with the, the Bengals looked an awful lot like um, LSU beating Clemson in the, Sorry, it was comes or Alabama in the national. AJ Terrell got got, got torched by. Um, Pretty sure they bet Clemson in the final, didn't they? It, it was a yeah, it was AJ Terrell who got torched by Jamar Chase in that in that game. 
And um, it looked an awful lot like that. It was kind of like, well, I'll just throw it up toward Jamar. You know, it'll either be a touchdown or a penalty. And so you know, well, just clo- close your eyes and throw to Chase. Well, hold on there. Now, that, that's a really good point, actually. Um, and we get best bets very, very shortly. But we remember the Megatron era at the Detroit Lions, which was, you know, close your eyes and throw it at Megatron. Are the Bengals in danger of becoming that kind of team? You know, no. Just, I think just, just... I think they they'll want to keep spreading it out. But you know, obviously, obviously Chase has um, Chase has the uh, confidence of Burrow. Uh, you know, he he knows him so well. But but the other receivers are are decent, and they they look for them. And when thing if they have a better line, Joe Mixon I think becomes more goes more into play as as a every down kind of running back uh, the way Dalvin cook in Minnesota is when, when things were clicking for them. And, you know, and then that all becomes, I think Cincinnati's on the verge of being a really good team. Yeah. I do yeah. Too. Well, and, and as well with them, um, with Chimace breaking out like this as well, it just gives further options to T Higgins, I think as well, it kind of unleashes his ability also. Well, and that leads me into next week's show because next week, uh, as we enter the playoffs, we, we had our season preview, we had our mid-season review. So we're just going to come back and have a little look at some of the tips that we gave at the start of the year. And do we see a team now that uh, could come from the pack? And the Bengals might be one of those teams that we see coming from the pack. So we'll Green discuss Bay that. is probably the best team to come from the pack, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> it's time for this week's Best Bets. Um, Tom you are, of course, uh, I would say of course, but it's almost never happened, uh, uh, had, a winning, <laughs> had a winning best bet. Ooh. Burn, burn! Um, Wait a second, Kieran. So it happens you, nearly half the time. You get to go first <laughs> this week, and congratulations! You get to go first on what is an incredibly difficult weekend to pick them. So away you go. Yeah, it will be. Um, I suppose the the caveat on these picks is that some teams have a lot to play for, some teams have nothing to play for. Um, some teams are assured, some teams are some teams aren't. One of those teams that has. Kind of nothing to play for is Green Bay, and you can imagine that they're gonna. I, I don't think we'll see Aaron Rodgers this week. I don't know if we'll how much we'll see of Devonte Adams, AJ Dillon, blah blah blah. But I still think that this Green Bay team can beat Detroit by more than two and a half points. Um, Matt Lafleur just doesn't really lose games, and I think that he can certainly win this one. <laughs> so I'm going Green Bay with the points against the Detroit. One Lions. of the things that really upsets me about the 17 game season is that if the season had ended last week matt lafleur would have had his third straight 13 and three season yeah that's which true. makes it really easy to figure out that he's you know that he's like 39 and nine for his <laughs> his career it all it all had a certain symmetry um i'm gonna go with uh, the other bay basically uh tb minus eight uh tampa's campus giving the panthers eight points and they're at home uh, i just don't think the panthers are good enough um and even if Brady only plays the first half, uh, uh, I, I think eight points is probably un- enough for Tampa to cover. Well, I was actually going to go for Green Bay, so thanks for that, John. Um, so my backup was uh, the Arizona uh, the Arizona Cardinals minus uh, touchdown minus six point five against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, yeah, just think the Cardinals. Uh, I had a little bump, but they're back, and I think they want to end the season on a high. And I think Seattle. I think Seattle might have had their end of season Rudy moment last week with uh, playing at home uh, with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and scoring a ton of points. Um, do we expect to see both of them back next season? Guys? I actually do. Oh, um, that's not the rumor. No, I know. But but um, unless Pete, you know, it, they're not going to fire Pete Carroll. Pete, Pete'll, 
have to resign and maybe they'll make the case for for him to do that um wilson it's one of those cases where yeah he's a valuable a valuable property um he's probably starting to show the wear and tear of, of having played every game for the first including when he was injured you know for the first uh, seven years of his career whatever it is um but yeah i i don't think they can get value back for wilson um that would let you that would let you trade him um okay and, Okay. You know, that's it's just it's just my feeling, but that, that well, I think I think they had an end of season high on Sunday, and I think uh, I think Cardinals should be able to beat them. And that is it. That that is our preview. A little bit longer this week, I think, than than usual. I'll have a look, but uh, that is week eighteen. The very best of luck with all your bets. The NFL playoffs start, of course, Sunday week. So we'll be back here on Wednesday to preview the first of the playoff games. It's about to get really, really exciting in the NFL season. Uh, Thank you for listening. A reminder, please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Mike, isn't it? Goodbye, Mike. And it's a goodbye from John. Goodbye from John. This is, it's symmetry. Another chef's kiss. That's (laughs) two in one show. It's just off the charts, isn't it? Speak to you next week. (laughs) Best of luck over the weekend. Bye for now.